Welcome to the STR Data Lab. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the STR Data Lab. I'm Jamie Lane, Chief Economist of AirDNA, and I'm joined again by my new trusty co-host, Scott Sage. Scott, episode two that you've been on, welcome again to the show. I'm really excited that you decide to come back. I was kind of worried I scared you off of after that, that our first one. It's a tough decision. That's right. <laughs> Feeling more comfortable in the seat, although I realized after our last recording, I need to get a cool microphone like you have. Yeah, I actually don't have my microphone today. I am traveling. For those of you that are watching on video, of which I know there's, there's only a small percent uh, can actually <laughs> see where I am, uh, but I'm, I'm sitting in my sister's apartment in New York just spent the day uh, at the uh, a Cornell Roundtable on short-term rentals and regulation and housing, uh, which was quite an uh, invigorating conversation. Uh, and then we were both in Nashville last week for the uh, SDR Wealth Conference, was, which was quite a conference, I, I think, unlike anything I had ever been to before. Uh, what do you think of it? So fun. Anytime you can spend time on Broadway in Nashville with a group of sharp STR individuals, it's, it makes for a great time. And it's uh, really encouraging to see you walk around the conference hall and all the vendors and booths and investors. I, I walked away with plenty of learnings for my own portfolio and for us to be better at AirDNA. Uh, did you have any favorites on speakers? Because I know, and one, the show started at 7 a.m. It ended at 7 p.m. I, I don't think I've seen that many speakers uh, in one conference in that short of a time period. Well, of course, besides your speech, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, you can't say mine because I know you'd be lying. <laughs> I thought Mike of STR Secrets gave a great presentation directly before yours. Fired me up on how to better uh, set goals. And so getting really clear about my why and visualizations was my big takeaway there. His, I am really looking forward to listening to because I was backstage <laughs> in the green room and I getting mic'd up and I didn't actually get to hear uh, his talk. So that was like the one that I missed. One of my favorites was uh, Sean uh, Rakadix. He like kicked off the first morning and did like an hour going deep on revenue management which I don't know if it that's, like that's, set the tone for the event, but it was, I learned so much like on different metrics, like that he tracks, like I, I he nerded out and, and we're both data nerds. Like he, he was, he was definitely hitting on my love languages at the, at the beginning. Do you not normally start your mornings with little revenue management over Bolacherios? Uh, I usually wait till like 10 a.m. before I, I dive deep into revenue management issues, but uh, he got us going uh, uh, hard. <laughs> That's great. Well, we have a packed agenda today, Jamie. Yeah. And it's earnings season after all. We just heard from Airbnb and Expedia. So we'll spend today talking a bit about some key highlights some key figures and trends that we saw in those reports, as well as AirDNA just published our market review for the month of January. And so we'll talk about what we're seeing at a macro level in the SDR space. Sounds great. Well, let's, let's get started. And I thought, because you're a humble guy, 
you're not you're not gonna be you're not gonna be one to brag so i'll i'll position it for you let's start with a bit of a report card to help frame airbnb earnings airdna puts out an estimate of some key metrics that airbnb ultimately publishes in their earnings call so let's see how accurate you were does that sound all right yeah and, and just for some context for everyone like just like we sell our data to and Airbnb hosts, property managers, and we give distinct insights to a whole bunch of sort of funds, institutional investors in the short-term rental space. And, and as they want to track what's happening globally across short-term rentals. So for us, like it's sort of like a check on our accuracy of like, I mean, here's what our data said that Airbnb's business was growing last quarter. Now we get to see how Airbnb's business actually grew last quarter. So it is fun for us both to see how well we do, but also it was like, is our data actually accurate in terms of like reflecting what's broadly happening in the, in the space? Well, let's find out. The first metric on our report card here is total nights booked. And this is again on Airbnb's platform. So Jamie, what was the report? And what was AirDNA's estimate? So reported number was 98.8 million uh, nights booked. Our number was, our estimate was 100.2. So we were off by about a percent and a half, which... My back to nappy math says that's a 99% accurate predict prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> And the interesting note here is that's a 12% increase year over year when you look at total nights booked on Airbnb uh, in, in the fourth quarter last year. Yeah, I mean, amazing growth that they were able to sustain um, and continue on uh, sustaining. I and mean, first quarter is typically I mean, one of the strongest quarters for bookings. Fourth quarter is like one of the weakest. So in their weakest quarter, they had... 98.8 million nights booked globally. Like that's, uh, it was their strongest fourth quarter ever. And in terms of business and like, and I talk about all the time, like this is like our best forward indicator because most of these nights aren't going to be stayed in the fourth quarter. They're going to be stayed out throughout 2024. So this is mm -hmm. people making a commitment for stays that are going to happen. So this is our best forward indicator of future growth. And it was strong. Love to see that. All right, let's look at the next metric here. Gross booking value was the Airbnb report versus AirDNA estimate. Yeah, so gross booking value, uh, Airbnb reported 15.5 billion. Our estimate was 15.2 billion. And I, mean, I always like to keep track of what, what Wall Street was saying too. They're, they're expecting 15.1. So it's based on like... Yeah how good we do, but I also just like to beat the rest of the Wall Street analysts that it's their job to estimate these numbers <laughs> as well. So as a lot of our listeners know, I'm, I'm pretty competitive. So, and if I can, I can beat all those high powered Wall Street analysts, uh, uh, it's a good day. I completely agree. Outsmarting those quant, the, the, all those quants on, on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. All right, let's look at Airbnb revenue. Yep. Report so, versus estimate. Yeah. So this one, we nailed it. Reported revenue is 2.2 billion. Uh, our uh, estimate was 2.21 billion. So we I can't get any closer than that. That's right. 99.7% accurate. Although maybe leading here, you can get closer. 
And let's talk about active listing growth, report versus estimate. Yeah, so Airbnb reported 7.7 million listings on the platform now, uh, 18% growth, and we sort of hit that exact. Uh, so that's, I mean, for us, and supply, it all starts with supply. How many listings are out there uh, around the world? It is not as quite as easy as you'd expect to just acquire all those listings and sort of make sure you're finding them, collecting the data uh, on them. And then, and it sort of talks to the overall growth of the industry right now, global supply up 18% as unbelievable growth that Airbnbs continue to maintain. And that's, and broadly what the industry is seeing. Um, and when you break that down, so um, North America up about 13%, according to our data, uh, EMEA up 17%, but the real growth right now is happening in APAC in Latin America, APAC 28%, Latin America 32% growth in the fourth quarter. Uh, so really strong active listings uh, growth in sort of some of the emerging markets out there. And when you break this down even to a smaller scale, so that's the geographic distribution. What about the individual hosts? Yeah. So are we seeing this growth from large managers or individual hosts? So, and something that I just thought was incredible because it's, we'd for so long been sitting at like 4 million hosts and Airbnb sort of talked about it year after year after year, 4 million hosts. I think it was even in their like byline of like 4 million hosts strong. And like, as we track number of hosts and they hit 4 million hosts in 2019. They were still at 4 million hosts in mid-2022. Now they announced, and, and we see it as well, that they've reached 5 million hosts. So really expanding the base of people that are hosting on their platform. And when you break that down of how many hosts just have one unit, it's 3.5 million. So just think about that of like, and yes, they've been able to grow to a massive and sort of organization of uh, listings and of operators in this. But of, of the 5 million hosts out there, three and a half million of them only have one listing. It's, it, it is sort of a testament to how broad this industry is and how many individuals sort of make it up and that it's not just professional managers. It's not just in institutional owners. It's it's it really is um, and individuals putting their units up, uh, making their first investment and growing the supply very organically, which for their business, which you think of like and we'll get into verbo and uh, booking at least on their alternative lodging supply, like very much more property manager oriented and Airbnb's ability to continue to grow with and one by one getting people hosting is um, amazing. It's really impressive to see. And I think you saw Airbnb take an intentional effort and strategy to grow their host platform and their host inventory really throughout 2022 and even spilling into 2023 with some of their marketing efforts. And now we're starting to see those results. And I think it's also impressive, Jamie, in the face of the macro environment we're in, where you know there's fewer homes being traded. And so what you may see, like this could be a product of homes aren't trading. So people are willing to put up their list, their home as an Airbnb um, and become an Airbnb host, which is 
you know, a further testament to the growth of this industry. And I think these earnings validate that when you look full year 2023, the growth Airbnb's experienced in the short-term rental industry as a whole continues to grow. Yeah. And they really, and Ryan said it on the earnings call, like we're trying to make hosting mainstream and we're making considerable efforts in doing that. And you saw it at SJR Wealth and 2000 hosts, most of them and one, two, three units. And, and they were fired up about the sector and the growth that's coming into the sector and all the tools and automations that they can sort of leverage to and create new small businesses. I feel it as a host, you can sense increased investment on the host side uh, with extra support and extra resources. So I think they would be the first to admit that they didn't always do a great job helping out hosts, but that's changing. Couple other interesting nuggets from their earnings report as we come through this. Something that stood out to me here is the trip length. And so in Q4, we saw long-term stays defined as 28 days or longer, accounting for nearly 20%, so 19% of gross nights booked in total. So that trend continues to hold. What do you think there, Jamie, is driving this this trend? Yeah, and I'm sitting here in New York and it makes me think of that longer stay demand because pre-COVID, it was like 13% was those longer term stays. So, and we sort of reached a peak of maybe 22, 23% of overall bookings being 20 or the 28 days or longer sort of metric. So the fact that we're now four years on from COVID and many pe people thought that that was going to be like, go away. And that that was sort of a temporary thing. Uh, and in New York now, we've seen new regulation come in, essentially ban stays less than 30 days. And the number of listings on Airbnb are only down about 15%. And essentially everyone switched to doing longer term uh, rentals. And we see demand and continue to pick up. And broadly, those shorter term stays have moved to and outside of the city. And, you, and our fastest demand growth city um, through Q4 and into January has been sort of Newark, Jersey City area, uh, sort of that displaced traveler that still wants to stay in a short-term rental and is willing to cross the river uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. be able to uh, find lodging. You're right. I mean, that, that's another interesting anecdote from their earnings is the urban growth. I mean, looking at this, Gross Nights booked in high-density urban areas grew 11% year-over-year and represented 51% of Gross Nights booked in Q4 in total. So you're seeing that trend more, more urban as well. Why don't we jump over? So Airbnb's a part of the equation. Expedia, also Verbo, released their earnings as well. And so let's take a look at what some of their key insights or, or data suggest about Expedia. Yeah, so if you remember... Airbnb, uh, their gross sites booked uh, was up about 15%. So just keep that in sort of context uh, when we talk about Expedia. Uh, and Expedia, and you guys probably all know, um, own Verbo. It's one of the brands, sort of the core brand. So they've got Expedia, Hotels.com, uh, Verbo. Uh, and they've sort of brought them all into one ecosystem, one platform now. And that was a big push that they had during the summer of 2023. Now that caused 
massive disruption in Verbo's business. So now we've got year-end results for Expedia where they saw uh, overall uh, gross bookings up 11% for the year. On the surface, that's pretty good, right? Hotel bookings, though, were up 18%. So you've got overall lodging up 11, hotel up 18. The balance of that is Verbo bookings. And now they've got to be some magnitude less than 11 since hotel is at 18. Mm-hmm. Verbo bookings, according to my calculations, were down 10% in 2023. What are the key drivers there, Jamie? So Expedia had been sort of warning it. And with the sort of transition of the old Verbo platform to the new one, that they were going to pull back on performance marketing, pull back broadly on all marketing, because they needed to sort of ramp up the new site and get it optimized for search engine, get it optimized for being able to convert um, uh, new traffic. You know nothing about that, right, Scott? Nothing, (laughs) nothing. Uh, being our VP of marketing and sort of dealing with our, our website transition over the past year. And it does take some time to be able to ramp back up to the efficiency that you get from that marketing spend. Uh, and they purposely pulled back. Overall listings on Verbo were only up about 6% last year. Uh, when you look across the board in North America, it was up a bit more. In Europe, it was uh, essentially flat. So there were some definite um, and concerns. Um, yeah, overall Verbo listings last year only up 4%. That's not near the growth that Airbnb was seeing. Bookings down. And it was, it was a tough year for Verbo. They've got some tailwinds now. So they've launched one key. So the first, re- I think, real um, loyalty program where you can both earn and spend points for uh, short-term rentals that they expect is going to be a major driver of both new supply of getting property managers and hosts listing on their platform. So that's a big benefit that you can earn points by booking through Verbo uh, and then getting people um, using that program more and more in 24. And that's going to be a, a big driver. And then sort of ramping up their marketing spend again now that they feel like they can use that spend efficiently to drive more bookings. That's exactly right. And look at you being putting your marketing hat on. <laughs> Love to see that. And that's, a, you know, you're spot on. They went through this integration. They're making these key changes. They're getting their ducks in a row. And you're starting to see this ramp back up. If anybody was watching NFL playoffs, you know, you saw a lot of Verbo marketing efforts on really expensive time slots. And so they're ramping up their spend. They're trying to compete. And actually, they're competing head-to-head with Airbnb. You see some of that in their messaging and in their campaigns talking about basically calling out Airbnb's categories, saying you could go stay in a spaceship or a potato. I I love the Idaho potato that Airbnb has, but it gets called out. And <laughs> Verbo saying, or you can go stay in a large, spacious home you know, a full home to yourself with your group. And that's sort of where they've anchored and have tried to focus on that that portion of the market. But I think you're spot on. We'll continue to see this slow slow and uptick growth with, with Verbo over time. Okay, so that's earnings season. Let's get to our last agenda item here, which is taking a look at AirDNA's January market review in the US. And maybe why don't we start with sort of 
couple like a series of events here that led to actually a decrease in demand for short-term rentals across the U.S. Why, why don't we jump in there? Sounds like oh, you're giving me the. You're it it me wasn't the a decrease. It wasn't a decrease in demand. It was slow demand. But I want to maybe preface the sort of week January with what we heard from Airbnb as they sort of talked about the outlook for Q1. Is there, I mean, essentially calling it out that and they expected Q1 nights to soften uh, versus the growth that we saw in Q4 and mainly because of tough comps. And we'll talk about what tough comps mean um, and the timing of Easter because uh, Easter's in Q1 now uh, as opposed to um, uh, Q2 last year. So that's going to help revenue, but hurt uh, bookings a, a little bit because what happens when you're traveling is you're not booking. Uh <laughs> So that uh, that can that can be a problem for nights booked, but uh, speaking more specifically about the comps and what we did see negative um, in uh, January was nights booked for the U.S. So we saw that decrease by two point seven percent, and the primary reason was is that bookings were so strong last January. So we had a pull forward of some uh, booking activity last year. Uh, January is just a really hard comp to continue to grow off of. January is one of the strongest months of the year in terms of people sort of coming off of the holidays, then starting sitting in, in the cold and thinking about all the great spots that they want to travel to uh, over the subsequent year. They start booking. Uh, we just saw a bit fewer bookings this year than than last and what I think a big part of it and the, and the data sort of reflects it um, is in the month for the month bookings. So bookings that, and I'm going to make uh, in January for stays in January. Uh, and we see that with the sort of patterns of demand growth, because overall demand was up 1.3% um, in January compared to last year. So that is the weakest growth rate we've seen in like a long time mm -hmm. and really since uh, the sort of um, onset of the pandemic. And, but when, when you look at the map, most of that weakness was through the Midwest up through the Northeast. And we saw significant winter storms that impacted both travel uh, and ability to travel. So, and essentially nor'easter type conditions up the um, Northeast coast, we saw a deep freeze uh, through the Midwest into the Northeast that really impacted people's ability to travel, uh, ability to spend, uh, just their ability to leave their home. And while it's definitely not an excuse, I think it's an, an explanation of why we saw sort of weak travel. January is a weak travel month, and there's just not a lot going on. And we saw it a little bit weaker than uh, we would have expected. Right. And also we see available listings actually experiencing a drop across most locations. Yeah. Again, not a drop, but a slowing of growth. Uh, and this is what we had been expecting. Available listings only up 10.5% year over year. Uh, we had 1.54 million listings available in the month of January. That's down in terms of levels. Uh, from December, but more people just make their uh, property available in December. You've got Christmas holidays, you've got uh, New Year's. Uh, so broadly, I see this as a good thing. We've been seeing supply 
growth outpaced demand growth. And we still saw that, uh, but given our expectations for demand growth with sort of overall uh, economic growth, more consumer spending, more uh, demand for travel, for occupancy to sort of stop dropping. Uh, and we did see uh, occupancy fall by 7% in January. We do need listing growth to slow further. And, and we do expect that. And January was really our first month where we saw a meaningful decline uh, in supply growth. That's right. And I see you already took your marketing hat off. I'm trying to make a big statement here to get people paying attention. But thank you. I mean, I think it's important to correct that because that is the narrative that comes out, right? Is if you see a slowing in growth, that can be interpreted as a significant drop or the sky is falling or, you know, this is how things like the Airbnb bus start, right? And it's people like you who hold us accountable <laughs> who get the data right. Yeah, we got we got to we got to get those headlines right. <laughs> and so let's talk. I mean, because we did see demand, uh, you know, of the top fifty markets, demand did grow in twenty five of those markets with some significant growth. And so as you look at some of these, like, what are the key takeaways you're seeing, and like, why is there growth in these types in certain markets? Yeah, I mean, you run through the markets, and I'm, I well, and we'd already talked about Jersey City, Newark being and uh, attracting the displaced demand. But then there is a theme for the mm -hmm. rest of the markets. And this is going to be your quiz on what is the theme that we saw in the other top demand growth markets. And, and I'll give you the hint of the cold weather. So we've got uh, San Antonio, Gulf Shores, Miami, Myrtle Beach, Sarasota, uh, Anaheim, Fort Lauderdale, Big Island of Hawaii. Like, Yep. What, what, what's the theme there, Scott? Escaping my neck of the woods, the Midwest, where <laughs> there was an Arctic freeze in January to get to warmer weather. The interesting one here is Chicago actually saw growth, though. Yeah, and, that's, and I'd have to dive into that more. I bet demand is so low in January in Chicago. Like, yep. A, a small movement there in demand could uh, have a significant impact there and. And there also could have just been like some sort of event there that could have caused uh, something to happen. The other encouraging factor, you know, amidst this sort of occupancy and demand trends we're seeing is ADR growth. So we did see uh, a tick up in, in ADR in January. Yeah. And we had been seeing declines in ADR. Uh, so the fact that ADR has increased, albeit slightly, uh, up 0.5%. That's something that we had predicted. So overall rates were down in 2023. Our forecast for 2024 was that occupancy was going to be down slightly, but we we're going to see a, a increase of 2% for the full year of ADRs. So maybe this is our inkling uh, that um, we are going to see some pricing power return in 2024 uh, and get some uh, increases in ADRs. All right. On that note, give us your best Punxsutawney Phil impersonation here. What what do we expect to see as we head into the spring? Yeah. And the sort of normalization of occupancy and the spring's still going to be tough. Uh, we're still going to have 9, 10% supply growth. An expectation of demand growth is only I mean, at best like 5, 6%. So 
occupancy still following following this spring, hopefully we're able to eke out some ADR growth. So my expectation is RevFAR is still de- declining in the first half of 2024. And then once we start to get into summer travel, um, I do expect a bigger return of international guests, which sort of and really starts in earnest in summer travel season. And that sort of gives us a boost heading into the fall uh, where occupancy normalizes uh, more ADR growth and uh, that RevPAR turns positive again and that we've got some uh, slight gains for the full year 2024. Cold winter, spring starts to warm us up and it looks better as we move into summer. Yep. Excellent. As always, Jamie, greatly appreciate the insight and the detail. Yeah, love diving into the numbers with you and look forward to do it again next week. See you next week. Thanks, everybody.